What are the secrets of those extraordinary individuals that have achieved extraordinary success? Listen to their stories, discover their knowledge bursts, make those connections. Get ready. It's time to start moving forward. John Lim here, and we're moving forward with Bree Noble, music business coach, speaker, and touring singer-songwriter. Bree is the founder of Women of Substance Radio and host of the podcast series of the same name. Bree also runs the Female Musician Academy for aspiring artists and songwriters. How are you today, Bree? I am doing awesome. So great to have you on the show. I'm actually thrilled to speak to you today because I think you have such an interesting background that I'm really excited for you to share with Moving Forward listeners. So let's kick it off. I mean, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, your background, and how you became a music entrepreneur. Sure. So I obviously always loved music, grew up um, singing all the time in church, went uh, on to high school to be in a bunch of different choirs and, you know, just thought that I wanted to do music as a career, went on to college as a vocal major. Um, and along the way in college, I, I started to realize, okay, Okay, so what happens if I don't have a music career? What am I going to do? You know, Mm -hmm. so I decided to take an accounting class just to see how I liked it, and actually loved it. Really? (laughs) Okay. Did you know you had a um, uh, an acclimation for numbers beforehand, or is this something that you just you kind of stumbled into when you took that first accounting class? No, I always liked math. But, okay. you know, and whenever I tell people that, they're like, what? Music and accounting doesn't make any sense. Well, although music and math do, there is a connection between the two, is there not? I mean, I played piano for 12 years and having, knowing, you know, the rhythm, knowing the, the timing. I mean, there's a lot of mathematical principles in music. Oh, yeah. All the intervals, everything is mathematical based. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you took accounting. So So you discovered you love accounting. So what happened then? So I decided, well, why don't I just like at least get a minor in business. Mm-hmm. So I have, you know, some kind of, you know, skills or something else to put on my resume. And then I got into it and I was like, mm, I kind of like this, like small business management stuff. Mm-hmm. So I ended up becoming a double major. Wow. Okay. Gotcha. So you were going for the two. Yeah. So then what, what happened post-college? Well, um, as I suspected, which was, I guess, pretty smart of me being a sophomore in college, but I I had no preparation as to what to do Mm -hmm. as a music artist coming out of college and how to like actually have a career in music. So uh, they just like throw you out on the street and you're like, okay, like, what do I do? Uh, Find people that need singers for weddings? You know, like I just had no clue. So I was very glad to have had my business degree and I went out and got my first entry level accounting job and just worked my way up within there. And, you know, pretty soon I was a manager, accounting manager, and then I ended up becoming the director of finance for an opera company. Wow. Okay. So your career path kind of took you back towards music. It did. It did. I mean, I originally, I wanted to go into arts management. That was Mm. what I was thinking. Um, I wanted to get into this program at UCLA and they only like had 10 slots every year or something and I didn't get in. And so, so that was kind of my goal all along. And I really lucked out that I managed to get this job at the opera yeah. that was actually what I would have wanted to do after going to arts, arts management school. So it was perfect. Yeah. And then talk a little bit, share with our listeners, I mean, the transition back towards music as your full vocation. Well, so all along the way, I was always doing music on the side. Mm-hmm. You know, I always had in my mind, like, you know, 
if I had my way, I would quit my job Ah, and do music full time, you know? And so I was trying to find all these bands. I was, you know, finding people in the recycler and, you know, hooking up with them and trying to be a band. And usually it never worked. It just didn't fit. I was trying to fit myself into other people's music mold. And I didn't have the wherewithal, the confidence and the knowledge to go out there and just create my own career. So for years, like 10 years, I was trying to be in all these bands. You know, I was in a a band that was pretty serious when I was working at the opera and I like rearranged my schedule so I could practice with them in the afternoons. And, you know, we made a CD and all that stuff. But eventually, like none of it ever turned into anything. And I was just back at square one again. It's still working, you know. So while I was at the opera, I, I ended up having some like major health problems related to stress because as you may know, like working at a nonprofit, there's always the money issue. Like it's up and down constantly, you know, you're flush with cash in January and in the summer, you don't know if you can make payroll or not, you know? And so, um, I just, because of that kind of stress, Working there and, and having the whole, you know, eight point something million dollar budget like sitting on my shoulders and, you know, whether they're going to be able to open the curtain on opening night if we can pay people or not, you know, wow. it's just really stressful. So, sure. um, you know, we went through the dot com bust and all that stuff. Um, and so that really affected us. And so and also I had a baby. And so that like compounded just the stress in my life. And I just started having major health problems. Oh my gosh. And yeah, so I ended up in the hospital about seven months after I had my daughter uh, for several days. And it just started to help me think like, I think I need to I need to do something like I need to, I can't like send my baby back. So I've got to choose something else. You know, I need to like scale back my job somehow or get out of this situation. And, you know, always in the back of my mind, like if I got out of this job situation, I could do music full time. But I was the bigger breadwinner at that time because Mm -hmm. my husband had gotten his doctorate. He had just started as a professor And, you know, so it was hard to say, okay, I'm going to give up this job that makes more money than my husband. But on the other hand, at some point when you're like sick in the hospital and you can't keep any food down, you're like, something's got to, something's got to be done. And like, I don't care if I I lose my big salary. Yeah, absolutely. So you made that entrepreneurial leap. And I think that is so important because I, I, what I love about your story, Brie, and just, uh, you know, for moving forward listeners, you always had in the back of your mind, if I could be doing what I really Uh love. And it seems like that that question just tugged at you while you were also facing that stress of, of run, uh, you know, running that nonprofit. So what was that like, you know, starting, you know, making that entrepreneurial leap? It was scary. And, you know, I had a small child too at that yeah. time. So that was kind of new to me as well, taking care of her full time. But it did gave, give me so much time to figure things out. And that was why I was actually able to like realize, okay, I need to run my music as a business. Mm-hmm. I need to, you know, think of myself as an entrepreneur, as a musician and go out there and like start getting fans and marketing myself and, you know, just building it from the ground up. And it gave me the time to figure that out. Had I still been trying to do that on the side, I probably wouldn't have. Sure, 
Sure. So it seems like it was like it was a kind of a now or never. You made that full leap. But Bree, you know, as you know, part of the entrepreneurial journey is it's a large learning curve. I mean, you know, I'm I'm on that journey and we face a lot of setbacks. Sometimes well, I'll even use the F word, we we face failure. So <laughs> I was wondering if there was one that you'd like to share with moving forward listeners as you were building your business, as you were making that uh shift into entrepreneurship. Yeah, I mean, it was really, again, more of a, a personal shift, but um, I was in that beginning period still trying to build my business as like, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna be a band, I'm going to then create my own band if I'm not going to be in someone else's band. And I just kept trying to get this thing off the ground and mm-hmm. it, because I was constantly trying to bring other people in. Yeah. And, you know, so I would try to book stuff and then it wouldn't happen because my bass player, you know, her daughter, it was her daughter's birthday or, you know, whatever. Like there's always a problem. Yeah. And so finally I just said, okay, if I'm going to do this, I have to do this entirely on my own. And I was not a person that thought that I could play and sing at the same time. Mm. So that was super stressful. And, but I'm like, at some point I just have to make this clean break. I need to just focus on this and figure it out. Yeah. And so I spent a month just practicing and practicing myself before I ever went back out there again. And yeah, the first time I went out there by myself, it was really scary because I didn't think I, I never, it was just this limiting belief that I didn't think that I could play and sing at the same time and be confident on stage that way because I'd never done it before. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I would say the, just my biggest failure was always trying to follow someone else's prescription and thinking, not having the confidence in my own self. And, and, you know, there was a point there again, that I was still like dealing with the health problems. I was in the hospital and I just, I realized like, this is the purpose that that I that has been given to me for a lot my life is to share my story and my music and the songs that I write and I can't let anything stand in the way of that. Yeah. And I think I just I just had that kind of epiphany when I was in the hospital like if there's one thing that I can do like you know either I'm going to be sick the rest of my life mm. or I'm just going to I need to do this thing in case I'm not going to be able to to do it much very long because I'm just so sick, you know. Yeah. And so that was just kind of the thing that really spurred me on to like make myself make it happen. That's awesome. I, I love that story. I mean, it, it sounds like, I mean, it took a very dire situation for you to get to that mindset where I pretty much have to do this. You know, it, it wasn't simply I would like to do this. It's I have yeah, to do this. Sometimes we need a kick in the head or well, something. I don't totally, know. <laughs> totally. Yeah, I mean, it, sometimes that's what it takes, especially if you want to make that. Because I, I think one of the biggest challenges that all entrepreneurs face, but you as both an entrepreneur as an artist, I mean, mindset and having that right frame of mind and the confidence to do it. I mean, that I think can be, it must be even doubly hard when you, when you have both of those. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So Brie, would you say it was at the hospital that the, the light bulb kind of went off and you just started to kind of align what it is that you were meant to do? Yes. I absolutely know that. I mean, there was a song that I wrote while I was in the hospital that came out of that, and it ended up being the end of my program that I would present once I was out of the hospital and and presented it to you know all kinds of organizations all over California. Oh, wow. But you know that that is really the time when it all aligned for me, and and I got the confidence. I, I just felt like it's now or never. You know, 
Yeah, I, I absolutely love that. And and share with our listeners, because what you're doing now, I think, is so cool. I mean, you, you've not only found success as an artist, as an entrepreneur, but now you're coaching other artists on how to do the same. So talk a little bit about, you know, Women of Substance Radio, your podcast series, as well as the Female Musician Academy. How did that all come about? Yeah. So, I mean, the Women of Substance grew out of my getting to know a lot of female artists along the way when I was, you know, coming up as an independent and just finding that they had such fantastic music. And I wanted to create a platform for them to be heard more because I'd like listen to the radio. And first of all, 80% of what you hear is male. Mm -hmm. And secondly, you know, it's just the most upper, upper echelons of female artists that gets, get played. Right. And I'm listening to this music thinking, this is just as good a quality yeah. as the people I'm hearing on the radio. So I created this platform. I did it as a hobby for several years. Um, but it was kind of another one of those, like I was given a push. Um, I had ended up working for the opera continually part-time. I had mm-hmm. managed to make myself so invaluable to them that even when I left, I was doing certain tasks from home and working over the computer. And in 2009, it, they finally went under because mm. of the, you know, the downturn of economics and it just hit them really hard. And so I, I lost that part-time income. And so at that point I was like, maybe I could turn this women of substance thing into not just breaking even, but Mm -hmm. actually really being, you know, an income generator for me. And it took, it took a few years, but I took, you know, baby steps with it and built it up. Once I created the podcast and I started getting sponsors and all that stuff. And then it was, you know, it, it was actually a money generator for me instead of just a time suck where I was probably paying myself, you know, $1 an hour or something right. for the time I was putting in. But it was worth it because it was something I loved and I built it up. And then at some point I said, wow, I'm in touch with all these amazing independent artists. And I see a theme of the fact that they don't necessarily have the tools that they need to market themselves and right. to know how to work as a business person versus just being a musician. Yeah. And so that's where I created the Academy because I just wanted to help them. And I love that because it calls back to your story in college where you were a music major, but there was no how to on how to how to turn that into a career, how to turn that into a business. And so through your journey, you figured that out. And now you're sharing that with others. And I think that is so cool. Yeah, just like so many entrepreneurs, I created the thing that I wish I would have had when I was 22. Right, exactly, exactly. And then the other part of your story is I love how different parts of your business have come from just like things that you started as a hobby that you loved and that hobby just kind of grew. It it, it just sounds like that that old adage. I mean, it's the thing that, you know, you would spend hours doing and it seems like no time has passed. Yeah, absolutely. I spent so many hours reviewing music you know, for no pay all those years. And now, you know, now I'm actually making a living from this. So it's, it's worth it. Yeah. And, and it was something I could do while I was raising my kids. Yeah. So it's, it's worth it. It was possible. And Brie, I, I so appreciate you sharing that with our listeners today. Absolutely. Brie, are you ready for the knowledge burst session? I hope so. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I think Sounds you are. scary. No, it's not scary at all. This is one of the most fun parts of the show. This is where our guests share three game-changing resources and tips that can benefit our listeners so they can move forward. So I'm excited to ask you, as someone who has spent her entire life in music and immersed in it as a performer, as a creator, recommend if you have one, do you have a particular piece of media? And when I say media, it could be a movie, book, or song 
or I add to this cultural experience that has inspired you to move forward? Mm, I had a, such a hard time with this because there's so many. Oh, I, I think bet. I have. I think I have to say Lilith Fair. Okay. As a cultural experience, yeah. because you know, women banding together, creating this thing, and so many women that I loved and respected. And when I went to Lilith Fair in I can't remember what year it was, 2012 or something, it was just such an awesome, awesome experience to think. You know, I, I know that someday the next Lilith Fair or something like it, these artists that I'm working with are going to be there. That's awesome. Great share. Recommend, Brie, if you have one. Do you have a favorite app, website, or resource that has been a game changer for you? I have to say right now, Asana is ah, the thing for me. One. Like it has just been keeping me on task. You know, it's <laughs> like every morning one. I get this email. These are your tasks for the day. And, you know, as long as you're really you know, putting into it what you need to put into it as far as setting up projects and, and all the things you need to do, then it just spits it out for you and tells you what to do every day. And I love that. Yeah. I mean, now, so with Asana, did you kind of, and I've talked to several people who've used it. We use it on our team. Is it something that uh, you learned on your own? Did you just go in and just start messing around with it? What was your process? So I have to say, I tell all my students this too, because I always tell them to use Asana. I don't particularly love the tutorials in Asana. Mm -hmm. So first I went out and um, I checked out the tutorial from Steve Dotto and Dotto Tech, mm -hmm. which I love his tutorials on uh, YouTube. So that helped. And then I have a friend that uses it. So she made me a screen share video of shows me how she set everything up. And that was really helpful, too. Oh, that's great. And can you share with our listeners, do you have a particular uh, hack that you can share on the best way to use Asana? No, I don't think I do anything special. Like I just, I love the recurring tasks yeah. Yeah, because for one. example, I have a podcast every week. Mm -hmm. And so I just, it just helps me not to lose track of the things I need to do every week for that podcast. Yeah. Yeah, I love it because it's one of those things where, you know, if you have a task that occurs every week, put it on Asana or put it on whatever your productivity practice is. So, you know, it's something that's out of your head and it's 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 out there so you don't have to spend mental energy on it. So I absolutely love that. Yeah, I think that's what's good about Asana because, I mean, I, Trello, like I can copy boards, but I don't know that there's a way to do that automatically. And yeah. Asana, you can just have those recurring tasks. Yeah. Yeah. And Brie, I'm, I'm excited to ask you. So when you have those moments where your life or business can sometimes uh, wear you down a little bit, where you hit a roadblock or you feel like you're facing that midweek lull, how do you recharge your batteries or reboot? Oh, man. Um, sometimes I reboot by like reading an entrepreneurial book or listening to a podcast because oh. I just like love this geeky like marketing stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it gets me excited. And so sometimes when I'm stuck in like the minutia and the drudgery of it, then I like listening to the the high level, you know, mindset, like, you know, just big picture kind of stuff. It gets mm -hmm. me excited about it. And then another thing I do is I, I like to um, extra, well, I like to walk yeah. It's been raining in California for the past month, it seems like, and I have not been able to walk, which has been frustrating. But uh -huh. I started doing yoga mm -hmm. in, in place of that. And that's been really good to just to center me and make me stop because I'm one of those people that will just keep going yeah. like from morning till night. Yeah. And so it's, it's good. It kind of makes forces me to stop. And then when I exercise, it like forces me to think. Yeah. 
and silence. Yeah, no, those are all great. And Brie, that wasn't too bad, was it? I mean, that was, you shared, no, I think, no. like two knowledge I bursts. Good. I think like one or two knowledge bursts per question. So I think you've given our listeners quite a few. So great, great shares. Hey, Moving Forward listeners, you can find links to many of the books and resources mentioned by today's guest, along with offers to try out Audible and Amazon Prime. These are affiliate links for which I receive a small commission, which helps the podcast and is greatly appreciated. You can find these on the write-up for today's episode at bemovingforward.com. Well, Bree, ready to do a little time travel? I hope so. We'll yes. see. Well, we're okay. going to step into our time machine, okay. and we're going to go back maybe five or ten years, and we're going to visit your past self. What is one lesson, tip, or piece of advice that you would like to give your past self that you wish you had known then? I would say get involved in a community or a mastermind mm. because trying to do things on your own is like so much harder than you need it to be. Yeah. Feeling like you've got people that have your back. I mean, I use my mastermind for accountability. I use them for support. I use them for a cheering section, someone to celebrate with. Because when you're an entrepreneur, like regular people generally don't understand you. Like yeah. most of the people that I know in my town have no idea what I do. <laughs> I know the feeling. Pretty, <laughs> you know, yeah. and even my husband, he's a, he's an English professor and he's like, I think I understand what you do, you know? Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Well, here's the flip side to the question. How would past Brie respond to that advice? If I had known about it, I mean, once I did find out about a mastermind, I was, I loved it. Yeah. It was great, but I didn't even know about the concept of it. I mean, I'm talking about maybe, maybe I'm talking about 10 years ago because sure. when I first started getting really going with my music career, I found a mastermind of, of women and that was the best thing that ever happened to me. And that's kind of one of the reasons I created the Academy because, you know, I had that experience. But before that, I just felt like this island, like so isolated and nobody understood what I wanted to do. And I had no support, you know. Yeah, it's absolutely. it's just hard. And, and then you, you have support like, oh, you know, good job. Like, I love your music, but it's not the same as having people that are doing what you want to do and having kind of a, a, like a script to follow by watching them. Absolutely. And I think the other important thing is being an entrepreneur. I think you're you really hit it on the head. A lot of times people won't understand exactly what it is you're going through. So it's hard for them to relate. But having be, uh, being a part of a mastermind or running a mastermind, that's where you're really getting together with like minded people who are on the same journey. So I think that's such a great share for not only your past self, but for moving forward listeners. So thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. How can our listeners connect with you and learn about all of the great work that you're doing? They can go to femmusician.com. That's F as in female, E as in entrepreneur, musician, femmusician.com. And I've got a podcast there where they can um, listen to independent female artists talk about the ways that they've had success with their music. And, and you know, we're focused on getting them to make money, self-sustain mm -hmm. so they can, you know, have a real career. So that's the focus. And if, 
If you are a female musician and you want help with that, you can go to femmusician.com slash income and grab our 19 proven sources of income you probably haven't considered for your music business. Wow, fantastic. And we'll have all of that on the write-up. Bree, I'd like you to close out the show. So I'm, I'm doing something new this year. It's worked out pretty well. But using no more than, let's say, three or four words, what parting wisdom would you like to pass on to Moving Forward listeners? Okay, this one was really hard, I have to say. Three to four words. Okay, my answer is find a community. Find a community. I love it. I think it's great advice. Moving forward, listeners, you heard it from Bree Noble. Find a community. Bree, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to join us today to share your journey and your insights and your knowledge bursts so that our listeners can be inspired to move forward. Thank you. It was super fun. And moving forward, listeners, remember you can follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Join us next Tuesday for another extraordinary guest. And remember, always be moving forward. Now it's time for you to move forward and unlock the extraordinary in you. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and Bali Solutions, LLC. All rights reserved.